0: Well, time for another edition of the Debt Matters podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kane. And in today's show, we're going to be discussing what steps need to be taken during bankruptcy and or consumer proposals and what the difference is between each of them. Joining me, I've got Mark Marshall from Allen Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustee in New Brunswick, St. John office. Mark, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I'll, I'll just point out, I mean, I've got, I'm in the St. John office, but we have offices with Alan Marshall Associates all over uh, Atlanta, Canada, and Moncton, St. John, uh, Fredericton, we've got some Halifax, and Dartmouth, and Truro, just, just to put a little plug in.
0: Terrific. So lots of options, because each little area is a little bit different, I think, when it comes to the exact specifics for uh, bankruptcies or consumer proposals, Correct.
1: Yeah, there's small little little differences. I mean, just just in regards to provincial legislation, but it, generally, I mean, the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act, which with you know bankruptcies and proposals are administered under its federal legislation, so you know most of the same rules apply across the
0: country. Oh. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's jump into today. I want to find out the difference between a bankruptcy and a proposal because bankruptcies have been around for a long time. Proposals relatively new in the last 20 plus years or so. So what is the difference between the two of them?
1: The difference and it, it's probably easier for me to start with what's similar. So let's just start both of them provide protection. Like, so both of them implement a state of proceedings, which stops your creditors from being able to call or bug or collect And Then the difference between them is that in a bankruptcy, you're taking your assets and you're surrendering them to the trustee. So In theory, you're you're surrendering your assets and your liabilities to the trustee. The role of the trustee is liquidate any assets that can be liquidated, sold, and apply the funds from the sale of those assets towards the debt. Now, without scaring everybody that There is. There are exemptions, you know. So you you're allowed household furniture, personal belongings up to a certain value, depending on the province. You're allowed a motor vehicle that you own outright, depending on on the province as well. And then you got to remember, is it secured assets don't vest with the trustee either. So you know, a house that's got a full mortgage on it or a car that's brand new that you're making a vehicle payment doesn't come to the trustee. So, you know, I'm not trying to scare people off the top, but with a proposal, there's no vesting of assets, so nothing comes to the trustee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, ultimately, what you're doing is you're making a plan or a proposal. A lot of times, a monthly payment to your creditors. They have the right to vote on it and make a decision. Uh, they can vote yay or nay, and and uh, that would be the, the the biggest difference. The other difference is just the the mark on your credit rating. A, a bankruptcy generally a uh, lands on your credit rating for six years from the date you finish it, whereas a proposal... Uh, lands on your credit rating for three years from the date you finish it
0: okay and credit rating when, when you're in this situation do you really have to stress about it that much or not
1: i think no i don't think you do i think you okay. got to look at it from a perspective is it what plan makes the most sense for you so you know you're you're when you're deciding as to whether or not a your proposal uh makes sense i mean ultimately You'll meet with a licensed insolvency trustee. They'll review your options. You know, make a determination based on your circumstances in terms of what you have in front of you, what you have for assets, what you have for available income. Uh, you know, what your debt load is, and then and and then strive to to make an offer to creditors, uh, especially in a proposal. Generally, in a proposal, you're trying to yield a bigger return to your creditors than you they would yield in a bankruptcy, because otherwise they're not going to vote in favor of it.
0: So, is there a, a magic number? Uh, when it comes to you, people you deal with is it 20,000 80,000 150,000 of
1: debt well a consumer proposal to qualify for a consumer proposal you have to owe less than $250,000 okay. okay excluding excluding your principal residence okay so if your house is worth $400,000 for example i mean that does not work into the overall equation. Uh, so if your debt load is under the $250,000 threshold, then you qualify to do a consumer proposal. So generally it's unsecured debt, but the, the secure debt can work in that equation as well, because when you're talking about excluding your principal residence, if you had you know, a principal residence, and then you also, let's say you own an apartment building, uh, whether it's a successful apartment building or upside down in terms of the income coming in. And that's, what's causing you the stress. If that apartment buildings on top of your unsecured debts, throwing you over that $250,000 threshold, then you wouldn't qualify for a consumer
0: proposal. Right. So the reason I was bringing that up was like, if we were to say it's $100,000 in debt, and then you had to make the decision whether it's bankruptcy that you should do or a consumer proposal, this is where you obviously have, do you make the decision or does the person coming in to see you make the decision? Who ultimately well, gets to choose what's going to happen?
1: I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a decision that's made, with our officer, with myself personally, it's 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 a decision that we make together. You know, what I would do is I look at your income, what you can afford to to offer your creditors, uh, and then ultimately you're you're looking when you're making your offer is to determine, okay, what kind of yield would your your creditors receive if they ultimately voted your proposal down and they were looking at a bankruptcy. Well, if they're going to get let's say ten thousand dollars in a bankruptcy if you offer them a proposal of 9000 they're not going to take it. So so one factor we're looking at is to make sure that you're 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 giving them a bigger return than they would receive if they if they voted you down and left you with no other option but to do a bankruptcy. And then the creditors never come back and say that they're looking for a certain dollar amount, but I mean the more you can offer them, the more likely they are to vote in favor of it. So I don't often look necessarily at the full debt load. I look at what an individual can afford to do, right? Because there's no sense in offering a proposal uh, that's going to leave you cash strapped every month and leave you in the same position that you're in when you come in the door, right? So it has to make sense from a cash flow for your family. And so again, it's ultimately up to the creditors to decide as to whether or not they're, they're going to agree to your offer. But I think that you have to, you have to make that offer based on what's going to make your life comfortable.
0: I think this is one of the first times we've actually dove into this topic of really what can an individual expect with that initial consultation with a licensed insolvency trustee? what does that look like and how do you look at it? So I'm glad that you've brought up these key points so sometimes with the bankruptcy, let's say if it is a hundred thousand and the the person may only get ten thousand dollars yes, yeah right and then with a the proposal you can say, okay, well, we can maybe do eighteen thousand so. Then the debtor says, "Okay, yeah, let's go with the proposal."
1: Yeah. So what would happen is you'd come in, you do your assessment with the trustee, review the options. So the assessment would consist of you know the trustee determining what you have for assets, what you've got for income, uh, looking at you know dependents, looking at your cash flow, whether you've got you know child care, uh, you know expenses that are coming out of the household, and then you're looking at the debt threshold. Uh, and then you're you're kind of making the determination based on cash flow and what you can afford to do so let's say in your example that you offered $18,000 so a consumer proposal can be stretched out over a 60 month period 5 years mm-hmm. so what you be what you're doing in that is you're saying look well, let's offer $300 a month for 60 months and so you you will make that that offer to your creditors so in a consumer proposal the creditors receive the offer they have 45 days to make a decision yes or no Right, so they they ultimately will decide, and what oh, okay. you need is you need you need fifty one percent of them to vote in favor of it to get it to pass. So again, what the creditors are often doing, they're comparing apples to oranges right off the get go. They're looking, they're saying, okay, what do we get if we force this individual leave them with no other option but to do a bankruptcy if we if we vote vote this down? So what's our return going to be? Yes, we're getting more money than what we would get. They often look to say, okay, is the individual maximize the term of the proposal? So in our example, yeah, they're 60 month. So if you offer, you know, 24 month proposal, a lot of times your creditors are going to come back and say, if you can make a payment for 24 months, you can do it for 60. So they're looking for a maximum term. Uh, and then they're ultimately reviewing your cash flow to say, look, is there any more wiggle room here? Can we squeeze these individuals for any more money? And again, if you're covering your bare bones and your basis, a lot of times the creditors are going to look at it and say, you know, this makes sense. Let's 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 consider this. And so they vote in favor of the proposal and then it's ratified by the court and it's deemed to be a new contract it's accepted and then what you're required to do then is just make the payment on a month-to-month basis uh there's no reporting of income on a month-to-month basis you're just re- you're making the payment and then you're required to do two counseling sessions in your proposal throughout the term uh with with the licensed insolvency trustee to to make sure that budgetary issues are addressed and make sure that kind of aim in the right direction in terms of what you're doing with, with your money and make sure you understand, um, you know, the risks of of using credit in the future. And, and, and ultimately, you know, the process is set up to protect, you know, you as a a debtor. So you're understanding what you're doing and also to to protect creditors that potentially may, uh, you know, lend money to you again, at some point in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really interesting to, to know that that's how they go about doing it. I also love the fact that you have to go through, some counseling when it comes to your money because I would assume that when you don't have the money to pay a debt and you all of a sudden you know things life happens right we all know that life happens and all of a sudden a you know car breaks down or a fridge dies you end up got to have to buy this thing and all of a sudden you can end up backwards again very quickly
1: yeah it doesn't take long, right so you got to get yourself into a new mind frame and and establish uh, you know an emergency fund and I, and i and I find that you know most debtors the biggest adjustment you know in a proposal or even in a bankruptcy is it is that they're they're liking the idea that they're they're on a plan that they're kind of mm-hmm. you know getting getting rid of the debt they, they they're on the right course, but the biggest struggle for them is not having that line of credit or that credit card to fall back on in the event of an emergency, because they're used to it. They're used to it. If the car breaks down, look, okay, we'll just put it on the credit card uh, this month and then uh, we'll deal with it and deal with it. And then when you're in a proposal or bankruptcy, you don't have that access to that credit. So you have to, you have to recognize where you're spending your money and you have to take the steps to establish an emergency fund because we all need it.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's something we should all learn right from, you know, grade 12 on. Absolutely. Wouldn't it be great if we all understood this? But yeah. it's so I mean, easy. It's,
1: <laughs> oh, it, it is. I mean, I it, look, I I always tell people the same story is that I was in university and I got a a I was studying business and I'd gotten a five hundred dollar credit card. And uh like every student, you know, uh you use it a little bit and you don't uh, you know, if you don't have the cash to pay it, I can still remember my mother saying to me, She said, Mark, have you made your credit card payment this month? And I said uh, no, I don't have any money. Can't do it. And she said, you don't realize, you know, the effect it will have on your credit. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so I wrestled up the cash and I got it paid. And then it was that moment that, aha, uh-huh, okay. I, you know, cause nobody reads the terms of their credit cards. No. Very few people understand you know, that you're required to make at least a minimum payment every month. Um, They'll just use it because it's quick and easy and and accessible. And then they'll attempt to try and pay it when they can afford to. But again, if you're making a payment one month and and then missing two months worth of payments, your credit is going down, down, down.
0: But let's talk about one more uh, positive point here that once you come up with the uh, bankruptcy plan or the proposal, something positive happens. And that is that the creditors stop calling.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, they'll stop calling the minute you file it because the state of proceedings restricts them from doing it. And you'll you'll follow, if you ended up in a bankruptcy or ended up in a proposal, the phone calls stop, uh, the action or the the, the the calls are directed towards the trustee until they have the information to make their assessment and they're no longer calling you or touching base with you. So again, that takes the pressure off people and and taking that pressure off Kind of gives you a chance to to kind of assess and say, okay, you know, you know, what what's you know what have we been doing? Uh, what can we do to save some money and, and kind of get aimed in the right direction?
0: And and you've talked a lot about you know families and can the how the families will budget, and this also helps families and relationships. Once you have that plan, and you've seen this in your office, maybe you can give some examples of what people have gone said to you after they realize there is a plan and there is hope for them getting out of that debt.
1: Well, I mean, it's everybody's situation is different, but I mean, it, it, it people will, you know, there's always lots of positive feedback where people will say, look, I should have called you earlier. I mean, it's that, the bottom line. That's the number one thing you'll always hear you say, I should, I should have called you earlier. I was afraid to pick up the phone. I was afraid to call. And again, my advice to everybody or anyone that's listening is that if you're struggling or you're having financial issues, you know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone you call a licensed insolvency trustee, they will give you some advice. You're not bound by anything. So picking up the, the phone and and saying, look, here's what's going on. Can, can I have a chat with somebody? Um, You know, again, that you're not committed. You're not all of a sudden in bankruptcy. You're not all of a sudden in a proposal, you're getting some, some information, you're getting some advice, and then ultimately you can make a decision. And again, the more knowledge, the more power you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Final words. You want to share with us regarding this? No, I would just say to people, again,
1: look, if you're struggling or you have any uh, financial concerns, you know, just just touch base with the licensed insolvency trustee. Insolvency uh, trustees are are governed by uh, the federal government through Industry Canada. We we're, we're licensed to provide financial advice. We're bound by the courts. We're an officer of the court, so we're not, you know, we're not using sales tactics to get people through the door. We're there to help Canadians and and provide them with advice to kind of get themselves out of the stress. Uh, and from an insolvency position to a solvency position.
0: Yes. Terrific. Mark, we will chat again. I thank you very much for being on the show today. Okay, thank you very much. You got it. And to schedule a free consultation with Alan Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustees, you can go to the website, wecanhelp.ca. And that's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And of course, if you want some more information, you can always check out our website, debtmatters.ca. Thanks very much for listening.